This episode of Check the Locks is brought to you by our friends at Audible. Audible is your one-stop shop for audio entertainment where you can always find the best of what you love or discover something new. That's right. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre, from mysteries, thrillers, biographies, and of course, true crime. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month from their catalog to keep forever, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Audible members also get access to thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, exclusive new series, and this very podcast you're listening to now. Plus, the Audible app makes it easy to listen anytime, anywhere. While traveling, working out, walking the dog, doing chores, Audible makes listening anywhere easy. And best of all, Check the Locks listeners can try Audible for free for 30 days. So head over to audibletrial.com slash check the locks or click the link in the show notes to start enjoying Audible today. Warning, Check the Locks podcast is a true crime podcast and may contain graphic descriptions of violence, murder, sexual assault, and more. Check the Locks podcast is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome back to the Check the Locks podcast. As always, I'm John Connor. And I'm Olivia Cornu. Saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into another truly terrifying true crime case. Well, sort of. Before we get into that, Olivia, good to see you. How are you? You just got back from vacation yesterday. So thank you for pushing through the tired and recording an episode. But how are you doing? How was your vacation? I'm doing really well. I um, I feel like our listeners are going to think all I do is go on vacation But I've had a really busy summer with just like trips with friends and things. But I just went on a life-changing, once-in-a-lifetime trip. And I went camping and rafting through the Grand Canyon. And it was amazing. And I recommend it 12 out of 10 to anyone who wants to do it. That is awesome. Yeah, you were texting me when you were back in civilization because where you were in the Grand Canyon, you know, obviously I'm sure there's not a lot of cell towers just right in the middle. Um, Not a one. Not a one. I'm sure that it was beautiful and being in nature like that and something so big, I'm sure it was almost like a spiritual experience. Oh, for sure. Um, We have a group of 14 that go um, and we did something very similar last year. So we knew we wouldn't have cell phone service, but it's very peaceful, you know, and you realize how small we are compared to this world we live in when you are just this tiny thing in this massive canyon, you know, and There's no one around but the people you're with, and you sleep under the stars. We had perfect weather this year. Last year, we got evacuated. Um, Perfect weather. The food is good. The guides are amazing. Shout out to Western River. They are 100% a great company, and they um, make you feel safe and secure in the middle of nowhere. Well, that is awesome, and I am so glad that you had a good time. And I have to say, even though you were telling me you were tired, You look rejuvenated. You look refreshed. I'm happy that you're back. I'm happy that you had fun. And uh, this week, we're going to do things a little bit different for our listeners who listen to the show every week. You know that last week we focused on the murder of Kelsey Barrett. 
this week we are going to take a little bit of a deeper look. So this will be a follow-up episode, and we'll talk a little bit about why here in a minute. But we also got another voicemail, and I am super excited to play it. Olivia, I know you love whenever we get a voicemail. I wish people could see my face right now. I'm like a kid in a candy store. And you already told me once that we had a voicemail, but when you just said it again, I was like, oh my God, surprise factor. I can't wait. Yep. And I didn't uh, send you this one ahead of time. So this will be like a surprise. Welcome back. So this week, we're going to listen to a voicemail. We're going to get some of that feedback. We are going to give you some updates on the Kelsey Barrett case. And then we're going to read some reviews, just some cool stuff planned for you. So again, thank you for joining us this week. Before we jump into our updates, Olivia, do you think we should listen to this voicemail? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. I grew up in the Baton Rouge area. And when the serial killing was happening, we were working. I was about 25-ish. And we were all scared to death as women. Our bosses went out and got us pepper spray. And we always locked the door uh, during the day because the guys would come and go. And it would just be us girls in the office. It was very scary during that time. Uh, I just found your podcast and I really love it. Keep up the great work. Awesome. That's so awesome. A fellow Louisianian. And that is why I wanted to leave it as a surprise. Obviously, this is a fellow Louisianian. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Louisianian. In Michigan, we have Michigander, so it's... Michigander, Michiganders. Yeah, if it's good for the Michigoose, it's good for the Michigander. (laughs) (laughs) But this message was from Misty. She's a new listener. She was checking out the podcast. It seems like you're right around episode two, which would be the Baton Rouge serial killer. Olivia, that was your case from your hometown. So I don't know about you, but it's kind of cool that this is episode 14 now. And, you know, we've got people finding the show and leaving voicemails about earlier messages. To me, that's just really cool. So yeah, thank you, Misty, for leaving us a voicemail. And I hope that you keep listening and keep enjoying our podcast. Um, We enjoy hearing from our listeners. Um, So thanks for leaving a voicemail. Anybody else, leave me a voicemail. It's my favorite thing, and I've only gotten two. Yeah, we need some more. And speaking of being part of the family, this week, Olivia, you know, you were out of town, so we didn't really get to keep in contact very much, but we received an email from a listener. Now, out of respect, the listener did ask to be left as anonymous, so I'm not going to put her name out there. Uh, But I did want to say, anonymous, you know who you are. Thank you for sending the email. Uh, And Anonymous had some questions. So last week, we talked about the murder of Kelsey Barrett. We talked about, you know, her murderer, ex-fiance, Patrick Frazee. And I felt like, you know, we did a really good job kind of diving into it, again, with the help of the wonderful Becky Knox helping with the research. Truly appreciated. But I think we left some questions unanswered. And I didn't really think about it until afterward. And I got this email from Anonymous who wanted to know a little bit more. So if it's cool with you, Olivia, I thought it might be kind of cool to give some updates and kind of fill in any of those missing pieces. Would that be okay with you? Yes, that's awesome. I want to hear some more updates. I'm sure there's some things that I've left out and, you know, you can only get so much research. So I'm interested to hear what the questions are and kind of what you found out for me. Now, before we jump in and we start tackling those questions, a member of our Facebook group, Part of our Check the Locks family, Jay Tomlinson, was actually living in Colorado at the time of Kelsey Barris' murder. Jay was nice enough to leave a Facebook comment for us, and shout out to Jay. He is very active in the Facebook group. We're very lucky to have you as part of the family. But very much like we did with Megan when we were talking about the Bikini Strangler and having her come on and 
kind of fill us in on what that era was like when that crime had taken place, I thought it might be cool to read Jay's comment on the show. So Olivia, I did send it to you. Would you care to read his comment? Absolutely. So Jay said, I remember this week's case very, very well. I lived in Colorado for almost 10 years and it was all over the news every day. So glad the guy got what he deserved, despite her body never being found. I just can't wrap my head around how someone could so easily talk you into cleaning up a murder scene and disposing of a body and putting your life and freedom at risk. That would be a big fat hell no from me. (laughs) And I don't know about you, Olivia, but I am right there with you. A hundred percent. There's always that old adage of like, you know, good friend will help you hide a body. And I'm like, I'm a terrible friend. Yeah, I know. Everybody always like would say that as a joke. And I'm like, me, I don't know. I don't think I'd do well in prison. No, not at all. I'm too cute. I wouldn't do well. The most rural I get is camping under the stars for just a few days. A right. lifetime in prison, not going to happen. Yeah, no, thank you. And Jay, thank you so much for leaving that comment in our Facebook group. Thank you for being such an active part of the family. We truly love having you. And if we ever do another case, if you are listening, if you are in the Facebook group, that case happened in your hometown, leave us a comment, reach out to us, let us know your insights because we absolutely love to hear it. So with that being said, now that we have kind of a sense of what the era was like at the time, I wanted to jump into these questions. I thought we might be able to tackle them one at a time and and kind of break it down. So anonymous in their email, and again, other listeners may have this question, but the first Big question was, why was Patrick Frazee's mother not charged with any kind of crime? And for those who maybe need a refresher, Olivia, I don't know if you could fill us in on the role that she played or that that piece of the story that involved his mom. Patrick apparently was living with his mother on their land. So according to Crystal Lee, who was the woman who helped him clean up the crime scene and basically told the police what had happened and where the blood was at the crime scene and everything. Um, She apparently reported that when they had a burn pile, the burn pile was apparently at um, Patrick Frazee's mother's house, which is where Patrick was living at the time. And apparently she was watching this burn pile happen from her porch. So very much in tune to what was happening on her property. And for those of you who've listened to the episode last week, You may also remember that the day after Kelsey went missing, Sheila Frazee, who is Patrick's mother, posted a picture online saying, ding dong, the witch is dead. And it was a Wizard of Oz photo. So definitely seemed like she knew a little bit, if not everything, about what was going on. Yeah, that post was disturbing, number one. And number two, she was 100% involved in this, regardless if she was the one who did the murdering or not or the cleaning up. She was very in tune to what was happening. Yeah, I agree. And then we got this email from our anonymous listener, and I realized that I had been asking myself the same thing. You know, these cases get a little bit dense and you start getting into all these details and details and details, and it's easy to have like a thought or like a question, but there's so much to it that sometimes it just gets pushed to the side. So for me, it was a great refresher. And if you're interested, I did find out a little bit more about what happened to her during the trial and after. Let me know what you found out about, Sheila. I'm interested. And like you said, yeah, sometimes when we're doing this research, you get so invested in the case that there are things that just kind of take a back burner, you know, so that you can get the whole story out. But this is this was an interesting one. Yeah, and I agree. So for those who may be interested, 
Sheila Frazee was actually called to testify in her son's trial. Now, while on the witness stand, she actually pled the Fifth Amendment. So she did not give any testimony. She did not answer any questions. I plead the Fifth, which, you know, is her right to do. It's also kind of shady. Now, at the time, Daily Mail actually reached out to the prosecutors and authorities there and they let Daily Mail know that at that time there were no plans to charge Sheila with any kind of crime. She has not been charged with a crime since. What kind of charge do you think they would go after her for? Like an accomplice in a crime or? Now, I'm not a lawyer. If you've listened to me on this podcast, you're like, yeah, no duh, dude. Um, You don't got that JD behind your name. I wish the paychecks would be better. That's for sure. But I do not know if they would charge her as an accomplice because she didn't actually partake in anything that we know of. She may have known about what happened. So I don't know if that would maybe be conspiracy or like failure to report. I don't even know if that's like an actual charge. So I just looked up accomplice to murder, but it's actually accessory to murder. But it says accomplices are individuals directly connected to the crime. If you face accomplice to murder charges, you stand accused of facilitating or encouraging the principal offender to commit the crime. So she wouldn't necessarily be that. She just knows of the murder. Now, I'm not going to say the attorney's name, but I am looking at a criminal defense attorney's website. And generally speaking, most people are under no legal obligation to report a crime, whether they knew about it in advance, witnessed its commission, or found out about it after the fact. However, there are exceptions to the law that you know most people should know. Uh, and in this case, what it looks like is, number one, we've got aiding and abetting, right? So if someone is a wanted fugitive, you're hiding them or giving them safe passage. You know, you know that they did something. You know that they should be turned in. That would be considered a crime. The other is mandatory reporting. And I do know most states have mandatory reporting laws, but that would be, you know, if you witness child abuse, domestic violence, anything of that nature, you have to report that as a mandatory reporter. So I know in a lot of states, for example, uh, like therapists, teachers, school administrators, social workers, clergy members, firefighters, nurses, right, like you are mandatory reporters. There are also some states, Tennessee is one of them, I believe, that if you live in the state and you see that, you have to report it. You're a mandatory reporter in that case. So, you know, just something interesting to think about because, you know, if Sheila did know what was happening or did witness them, you know, she doesn't necessarily have to report anything. This charge is similar to the charge that Eric Boyd got in the Shannon Christian and Christopher Newsom case where he was um, found guilty of being an accessory to a fatal carjacking and of failing to report the location of a known fugitive. Eric Boyd was who was hiding LaMarcus Davidson in the Shannon and Christopher case. Oh yeah, that's right. I completely forgot that that was a charge. You know, again, you do so many of these cases that sometimes you just need a a refresher. But the other thing that really stuck out to me and caused me to question a little bit was this is coming from Crystal Lee directly. So Crystal Lee is saying she was there. She walked out, walked back in right now. Crystal Lee also said, Hey, there's blood under the floorboards. There's, you know, blood on the, on the ceiling. There's blood here. I can show you where all that is. So that's tangible. I can show you where this is, where this is. Yeah, she came outside, but there's no way to definitely prove it. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. It was just speculation that she was standing on the porch as a burn pile was happening and there's still nobody to be found. 
And then that Facebook post was like, guilty, guilty, guilty woman. You know what's happening. Yeah. And what is crazy is that when I was reading up on, on Sheila after the case or why there was no charges, Crystal Lee said that it was as they were burning the tote or clothes, you know, anything that may have blood on it. And Patrick Frazee was actually burning it with motor oil and filled a bucket of gasoline and threw the bucket of gasoline on it, trying to get it to burn as hot as it could. And apparently she just came out of the house, looked down from the deck and then turned around and went back inside. So it seems like it was very nonchalant. So again, we can't say whether or not she knew for sure we can speculate. And in that speculation, I would say she probably had a good idea of what was going on, especially with a Facebook post like that. Yeah. The only person who I wouldn't be weird about if they posted ding dong, the witch is dead is my sister. And that's only because she's literally obsessed with the wizard of Oz. Has she seemed wicked? I actually took her. She came down here and went when they came here. It was a cool experience. Gravity. This is my favorite song in that whole musical. (laughs) Her Christmas tree is all Wizard of Oz. Like the whole thing. She has two trees because one is her Wizard of Oz tree and the other one is the one where it has like the kids ornaments and things. It's the the kids are the secondary tree. The one where they can actually place where the ornaments go and she doesn't rearrange them. Yeah. (laughs) Mom loves you, but she loves the Wizard of Oz more. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Anonymous, hopefully that shed some light into that question for you. Now, again, this email was jam-packed because there was a second question that, again, I was thinking as we went through, and I'm sure that you were too, but, you know, again, you just kind of get lost in all the details. But this anonymous listener asked a question that I'm sure a lot of people in the Facebook group, a lot of people, you know, listening online probably have the same question, and that is what happened to baby Kaylee. Her father's in prison, her mother's no longer with us, you know, victim of this terrible crime, what happened to the child? And I thought that, you know, would definitely be something that was worth covering. So, but Olivia, I know that you looked into that and, you know, maybe able to fill in some of the gaps for, you know, myself and the listeners. So talk to us a little bit about what is going on with baby Kaylee now. It seems that baby Kaylee has been living with Cheryl and Daryl Barrett, which are Kelsey's parents. Um, since about December of 2018, after they arrested Patrick Frazee. But there had been a couple of motions from Patrick's parents to intervene, but they were turned down. Um, again, in April of 2019, the court ruled in the favor of the Barreths to keep baby Kaylee. Um, but it seems that it didn't end there. There appeared to be another trial in January of 2020, where Cheryl wanted full custody of her granddaughter via adoption, Um, And Frazee's family tried to intervene yet again, Um, but it seems that the court went into the favor of the Barrett family. And so it's reported that since February of 2021, um, Kaylee has been living with Cheryl and Daryl Barrett. So first of all, thank God, right? Like Absolutely. Because I cannot think of what kind of life that child could potentially have had if the judge would have said yes. Sheila Frazee, you've got custody. This is your kid now, you know? And again, speculation, we can't say that anything that she did, you know, directly influenced what Patrick did, but I am a firm believer of nature versus nurture and behavior is learned from places and, and the way that you treat people that you supposedly love is learned from relationships that you emulate from a young age, you know? And so just, I'm just so happy that Kelsey is, happy and healthy where she is now, you know? 
Absolutely. And that raises a question for me now that we're thinking about this. I wonder when they are going to court to discuss custody, like, okay, what grandparents should be awarded the child? Do they do psychological evaluations? Are there different interviews and processes that they go through? Um, I wonder, you know, how they decide. I mean, ultimately, I feel like you know why they decided, who they decided in this case, but I wonder if there's things they have to go through to determine who's the better fit family or if it's just literally a court case and the jury decides or whoever decides. Yeah, I think that's a fair question. You know, my parents were divorced. There wasn't really any kind of custody battle or anything like that. They were pretty amicable about that part of it. But I've had friends who have gone through divorces with children and, you know, that custody hearings can get pretty messy. And I know a mediator can be brought in and then they'll, you know, I'll give you this if you're willing to do this and et cetera, et cetera. But I think a lot of the time it actually falls down to the judge where the judge is like, this is what I'm granting. This is what, you know, I'm willing to, to award to what parent. And I am sure that as a judge, if it is presented to me that one, your son did this and there's a possibility that you knew that he did it and that it was going to happen and did nothing to intervene. And then number two, you plead the fifth and almost incriminate yourself and you're posting terrible things on social media. I'm sure the judge was probably like easy decision. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But in general, I just wonder how they'd I mean, I don't know. I did. I went to a, through a similar thing. Like my parents, it was just, we were with my mom. Um, so we didn't have all this nasty, like custody battle. My dad didn't live in our hometown. So it was kind of like, I didn't never experience that. It was just like, we lived with my mom and we went and visited my dad. What came of those court things? I have no idea, but I don't recall my family ever going to court. Yeah. And me neither. I mean, I pretty much remember it being like, we were going to live with my mom and yeah, I was 15 when my parents got divorced. So like, you know, if you want to go see your dad, you can go see your dad and I'm not going to like keep you away from your kids or anything like that. But I remember we had like dad weekends, you know, where it was like X amount of weekends a month, we would go stay with him, but there was never any like big battle or anything like that. So I can't imagine what it's like to go through that when it's just a normal divorce, you know, things don't work out. And then to be the parents of someone who was murdered and now you're having to go to court and like having to fight to make sure that you get custody of your grandchild and, Cause I'm sure it's like, I've got to save her from this potentially like horrible life that she could end up with. You know, I can't imagine that there's any back and forth with Kaylee. Like if she ended up living with the phrases and it's not like Sheila's going to be calling Cheryl. I'm like, Hey, do you want Kaylee this weekend? Like, I'm sure the Barrett's don't want to have any contact with the Frazee family. So that would be very hard, but it's like, I mean, that's a kind of a no brainer in this case that your son did this. I'm not going to put another child in that household. And they lost their daughter. They deserve the, the grandchild. You know, that's how I look at it. But Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And I did just want to say thank you again to our anonymous listener who reached out and asked these questions. Because, again, if you're having these questions, I know a lot of people in the Facebook group, a lot of listeners are probably having these questions. And I know I've listened to podcasts where I've got done with it and been like, but what about this? I want to know about this. So it's been a crazy week. Olivia, again, just getting back from vacation. We wanted to make sure that we had time to get an episode out for you and, and make sure that, you know, we were answering those questions if anybody had them. Again, thank you so much. And Olivia, my favorite part of the show, I think it's your favorite part of the show too, 
Should we read a five-star review? Absolutely. I mean, the five-star reviews are like my next favorite thing, but I really enjoy the voicemails. So y'all go on there and leave us a voicemail. It brings me so much joy. Yeah, and if we missed anything in an episode, or if you have any questions like our anonymous listener, please hop on, leave us a voicemail. We would love to be able to play those questions on the show. I mean, we answer every email that we can. You know, we interact in the Facebook group, but leave us a voicemail because we just love hearing them. We get excited. We text each other. We got a voicemail. So if you want to make our day, bring a smile to our faces because I know that's what you're most concerned about. Send us a voicemail. We would love to hear it. It's like having a conversation with our listeners. It's like a one-sided conversation, but I feel like we're having the conversation with them and then they reply back with the voicemail. So it's like, you know, getting to hear y'all's voice and not just reading the comments. It's really cool. This week's five-star review comes from K9JAAP. They said, great podcast from a fellow podcaster. You guys do a great job putting your shows together. Keep up the good work. So thank you, K9JAAP, um, for reaching out to us. And John, I think you know what podcast um, K9JAAP has. Yeah, so I believe this is actually a member of our Facebook group, Illy Vanilli is the alias that they use. Uh, but he actually has a podcast called Tell Me Podcast. And on that podcast, he interviews guests from different backgrounds. They talk about life journeys and touch on, you know, people's mindsets and resilience, leadership, empathy, and kind of everything in between. So that's the Tell Me Podcast. If you get a chance, check it out. Listen to that on Tuesdays after you listen to Check the Locks on Monday. But thank you so much for leaving that five-star review we honestly and truly, we really appreciate you. I got to be honest, Illy, I think you may live in the United Kingdom. If that is the case, I will do everything I can to get something sent to you. Reach out to us. You can find us on Instagram at Check the Locks. We're on Twitter at Check the Locks Pod. Join our Facebook group. The link is in the show notes. It's the best place on the internet. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Everybody is awesome. Olivia, while we're recording this episode, somebody just posted about a Choco Taco. So go check that out. I love a good Choco Taco, and I should tell y'all that my only thing on my vacation, besides, you know, sleeping under the stars in the Grand Canyon, was to hit up the Taco Bell Cantina in Las Vegas, which I did the night after I got off the river. Was it everything you dreamed of? It was actually really good Taco Bell. So I recruited a couple from the group. You know, some were like, I'm not going to eat Taco Bell. And the others were like, oh, I'm totally going. So you can order your freezes with alcohol. You can pick which alcohol you want in it, rum, vodka, tequila. And you get your like Baja Blast freeze or whatever with your alcohol. But the Taco Bell itself was so good. They send out your food in these little baskets. So it's like being at a real restaurant. One of my highlights of my trip. <laughs> well, I will say it sounds amazing. I will also say that nothing sounds more dangerous than a stomach full of Taco Bell and a stomach full of alcohol at the same time. We just went to Taco Bell the other night. Speaking of which, I, again, we need this sponsorship from Taco Bell so bad. Oh, but. I tagged them in my thing that I was going to stop there because someone had tagged me on Instagram about basically like me. It was a video of me on my wedding day <clears throat> talking about my love for Taco Bell. And so they were just saying, like, that was them. And so I tagged Taco Bell in it, and they wrote back, yes. Yes, listen, I don't even want money. I, I just want free Taco Bell, yeah. man. And this is not at all true crime related, guys, so I'm sorry, but we got on this tangent. We're not getting off. My mom tagged me in a post um, the other day about 
that the um, Mexican pizza is coming back for good, I believe. September. September 15th. Yep. But don't quote that day. Which apparently my mom just tried to talk um, a Mexican pizza for the first time, like when it came back. She was like, oh, these are so good. I'm like, she's like, and now they're gone. I'm like, mom, Mexican pizzas have been a thing since Taco Bell opened. They've been good forever. Yeah. And Taco Bell never should have taken them and they brought them back and they've been back for months and I've not been able to get one because they, they sold, sold out. out. They were they were sold out in Vegas. Could not get a Mexican pizza. Taco Bell, sponsor this podcast. Send me Mexican pizzas. That's the only thing I want. I know. I would love a Taco Bell sponsorship. Anyways. So, find us on the socials. Hit us up in the Facebook group. Again, best place on the internet. We are in there talking, having a good time every day. People post some amazing stuff in there. There's funny memes and all sorts of stuff. It's a great community. I, I absolutely love it. We're at almost 450 members now, uh, which is super crazy to think about. You know, two months ago when we started, we had like 20. You know what I mean? So thank you if you're a member of the Facebook group. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the love. Thank you for interacting with us. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. And Olivia, if someone wants to have their five-star review read on the podcast what do they need to do hop on the apple podcast app scroll all the way to the bottom of our check the locks page tap all five of the purple stars i think they're purple on everybody's um and write us a review and tell us what you like about the podcast what you think um and if you're the lucky person who gets their five-star review read you can get some cool check the lock podcast swag we just got some new stuff john tell us about the new stuff we just got Ooh, we got new stickers we got new buttons. We got tons of stuff to send out. So please leave those reviews because I'm getting very friendly with the person at my pack and ship place. See her, you know, once, twice every two weeks or so. So make sure you leave us a review. We're at 97. We're just a few short of 100. Those reviews really help us get out in front of more listeners. It puts us in recommended podcasts and makes it easier for people to find us and really helps this community grow. So Please, if you have not left us that review yet, please do so. We greatly appreciate it. And if you have left a review, thank you so much. It means more than you could know. And, and we just appreciate you guys so much. So that is it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 14. And we will be back next week with another truly terrifying true crime case. Olivia, we are going back in time. I'm talking possibly curly mustaches. I'm talking fur coats i'm talking probably little boulder hats so we're going well before dna so it's going to be a good one and i hope that you're excited because i'm super pumped to go over it i am very excited i remember you sending me the the message saying who you were gonna do next yes it is going to be a good one so i'm on the edge of my seat just getting ready to lay it out there for you again thank you for spending some time with us this week thank you for the support thank you for checking out the episode we will be back next week, but until then, don't forget to check the locks. See you.